Yo, what's going on, guys? Before we get on with today's episode, I just want everyone listening to this today to make sure you're following us on Instagram at QF Podcast and on Twitter at QF Podcast underscore. And check out our YouTube channel at Quarantine Football Podcast. You know, we post our episodes on YouTube and all that good stuff. And everyone listening today, I want you all to do one quick favor for me. Tell a friend about us. You know, share the link with one of your friends today. Doesn't have to be multiple friends. Could be mul- could be multiple. Could be just one. But tell a friend to tell a friend. Get our show out there. Word of mouth. You know the vibes. Thank you, everyone. And, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's going on, guys? Back at you with another episode of Quarantine Football. Like always, I'm your co-host, Ryan, with you guys today. Like always, I got Nate with us today as well. How are you doing today, Nate? You know, I'm doing pretty well. I uh, had a pretty average start to the day. Uh, finished up, put the finishing touches on the PC that I've been building. So that was definitely a good part of the day. Uh, but I'm just looking forward to today's interview, for sure. Yeah, man, definitely looking to, uh, forward to today's interview because today we have a very special guest on the show, my man Isaiah McKenzie for the Buffalo Bills. And I wouldn't even know what position this man plays because he's all over the field at all times. <laughs> What's going on, Isaiah? How are you doing today, man? Just doing, I'm doing good. Man. Just just got done with practice. Now I'm about to give me some wings at Duff's, but uh, I'm doing pretty good so far. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're having a pretty great day, at least uh, to my ears so far. I mean, football and wings is like the perfect match. So definitely sounds like you're you're having a great day, man. Awesome stuff. But uh, with that, I'm going to hop right into the questions. And uh, the first one that we like to start out with, with everyone, is uh, how did you first start playing football? Um, I I started at nine years old. There was a guy named Marcus Vandiver that came and found, found me in the neighborhood. And uh, he was like, you want to play football? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I didn't, like, how would I say? When I was younger, I didn't know football was played with pads and all that stuff. I just played, you know, sandlot football, basically. And um, when when it came down to it, he was like, you want to play football? I'm like, yeah, I'll play football, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up playing football, and I ended up being good at it. So I just kept, like, playing football, basically. I didn't really know how far it would take me, but I just kept playing it because it was fun. Yeah, you know, that's how it works out for a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of people we've had on the show have this, like, really diverse way of getting into football. Like, they start at, like, the really lower levels, like flag football, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, they might start at, like, a different position. Uh, and, like, positionally, that's definitely something that I wanted to talk about with you because you have the kind of unique position of being kind of everywhere on the field. You know, in your first couple of years, you've really been all over the place uh, working on, like, special teams, cornerback, wide receiver, a little bit of running back. Uh, so can you kind of tell us, like, how did you develop the skills necessary to, like, have that diverse of a position? Um, I wouldn't say I – I feel like I always had the skill, with it, whether it was running, catching the ball, and I feel like I just can fit anywhere. You know, like, I'm like a, a puzzle piece that can fit anywhere. Not many pieces can fit anywhere, but I just feel like if you put me in the backfield, I can run routes out of the backfield and I can also catch. I mean – when the ball's in my hands, I run like a running back anyway, you know, whether it's trying to make a move, breaking a tackle or something like that. It's like, so it's like, I'm kind of like a running back slash receiver or receiver slash running back or however you want to put it. Um, special teams wise, I always play special teams, part return, kick return, kickoff, punt. you know, I've been a little bit everywhere on there. Um, actually brought the part return and the ret- overall return record at Georgia. Um, but I feel like that I 
you know, that's a special skill a lot of people have. It's all, that, that position, playing, being a returner, it takes courage, you know, just confidence at the same time. And also just very student, you know, being aware of, you know, the situation and things like that. Being smart on special teams is very valuable. But um, as far as playing defense, uh, I've just been thrown out there a couple of times only because I'm athletic, you know, and I feel like if I'm on the defense side of the ball, I feel like I can turn into a defender and do what I got to do to stop a receiver from catching the ball or to make a tackle. So all those positions, I've been a little bit everywhere, but I feel like I'm athletic enough to play any of those positions. And um, other than that, I, it's not really something you develop. It's just something you got, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. You know, uh, having that natural athleticism and having the, the kind of astuteness on the field, the kind of intelligence when you're playing on the field, to be able to be a returner where you're, like, reading the entire field, to be able to play yeah. on offense and defense, uh, it's really an impressive thing. And I think that coaches definitely see that too. Uh, and often we see people who are picked kind of late in the draft or undrafted uh, have a really difficult time staying on rosters, maintaining yeah. a spot in the NFL. So, like, do you think that your special teams experience has really helped you stick on a roster and, like, make your place, make your name known in the NFL? Um, I wouldn't say special teams play. I, I guess it's my overall play, like like you said, like just being everywhere, just being able to be. The first thing, you have to be available. You know what I'm saying? You can't be getting hurt a lot and things like that. People, coaches love availability. If you have that, then – then you get opportunity. We got opportunity. You just got to take advantage. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I feel like. I, I'm always available when they need me, and when I when they need me, I mean I'm dependable as well. So I just got to stay consistent. You know, and another thing is consistency. You know, because every year, every year, after every good year, they're looking at you. So you got to just you know build off that basically, and you know people are watching you. It's not like people are. If you put someone on field the year on film the year before. They're watching that film from last year, and they're like, okay, well, this guy does this. Well, this, let's take this away. So now you got to find another piece. Of, you got to find another way to improve your game. You know what I'm saying? I feel like every year I find another way to improve my game, whether it was block, blocking, catching, running routes, or even in a return game. So I feel like I try to improve my game every year and just try to stay consistent, like I said. Yeah, definitely, man. 100% agree with you there. And, you know, kind of talk, going back to uh, talking about opportunity, you know, taking a fifth round uh, by the Broncos, you know, can you take us back to that moment when you were picked by the Broncos in the fifth round? All the, uh, I get the motions and, uh, you know, excitement that came over you, obviously, when you got picked? Mm. Um, well, it was, I knew I was going day three or maybe undrafted, you know what I'm saying? But I was always, I was just, I was, I was prepared for whatever happened. And Denver came in the fifth round and got me, and I was very, I was, I was astounded. You know, I was like, "Whoa, I'm going to Denver!" Like, you know, you know, they won, they won Super Bowls. You know, Peyton Manning. When I watched the time when Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl there, they beat Carolina, and it's like, you know what I'm saying, going to Denver is like very prestigious. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they felt, they felt like I had some memory that can help the team. You know what I'm saying? At the time, you know, I did. You know, don't get me wrong, it was a rough rookie season. It was very rough. Beginning was. Pretty good, but it, towards the end, it got real rough for me as a special teams guy and just and overall my whole game just being, like I said, being consistent and being confident in myself. I just kind of had to, like, you know, find my way back, you know, into the, the person, I, you know, you know that got me there, basically. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was returning or being a receiver. But um, it was a rough rookie year, but it was very exciting. I got a lot of great experiences, and uh, it was pretty fun. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, talking about, you know, on a brighter side of, you know, having great seasons, obviously, you know, you're with the Buffalo Bills now and you've been an excellent player for them. You know, uh, you scored your first touchdown with the Bills against the Jaguars, uh, a six-yard rushing touchdown on the jet sweep. You know, what was your uh, – how was that moment for you? I mean, obviously, scoring your first NFL touchdown is, I could imagine, absolutely insane, correct? Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. And, and, and Bills Mafia defense uh, – very, very, like, <laughs> it's loud, and, and, like, they they get at it, so it was pretty funny, and I didn't realize that until I got there, and it was, like, when I scored my first touchdown, I didn't know what to do, so I just kind of, like, halfway jumped in the stands or something like that, but it yeah. was fun, you know what I'm saying, and after that, I felt like, you know what I'm saying, once I seen the stands and how excited the fans get and things like that, I wanted to keep scoring, you know what I'm saying, and things like that, you know, but Buffalo is a great place, and when I got here, it's been awesome. So, you know, making big plays when I can here, it's been pretty good. And I, you know, I love being here. Yeah, you know, you were talking about Bills Mafia. You were talking about those Buffalo fans. Uh, you know, they've been known to be absolutely crazy, absolutely in full support of their team. I mean, we see videos of them, like, breaking tables, doing all this crazy yeah. stuff as fans. Uh, it's got to be pretty interesting to play on that team and knowing those fans are watching all the time. So can you kind of just tell us, like, what was the craziest atmosphere that you've ever played in, whether it was at Georgia, whether it was with the Broncos, with the Bills? Just, like, bring us into that. Um. Actually, that Jaguars game I scored in, that was my that was my second game in and in Buffalo. It was my second game. We played the, we played the Jets first when I got there, and then we played the Jet, Jaguars the next week at home. And the, the stands was packed. And I think we had, like, six wins at the time, five, maybe six, five or six wins. And there was an altercation during the game that they had to stop the game for a minute and things like that. And when I tell you after that altercation, the fans got it was like four it was like fourth and two or one or fourth and goal or something something like that. Fourth and inches or something. Yep. No, no, actually it was third, third down and one or second. Something like that. It was crazy. But I know the defense had it they, they stuffed them. They stuffed the, the Jaguars on the goal line. I think it was two times in a row, three times, something. And the crowd went crazy and it was going crazy for each and every play. And I'm like, Damn, this is nuts. Like, these people are wild. Like, Denver had a good fan base, but when I got to Buffalo, oh, man, this shit's – well, sorry for my cursing. This is – It's all good. It's all good. It was ridiculous. I'm like, I'm like, damn, I really I really like this place. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't like, you know, Buffalo, but I really like this place. When it comes to fans, just being it's – it's a chill spot. But when football season starts, it's a whole different atmosphere. Yeah, you know, I think that people who say they don't really like Buffalo, I think a lot of that revolves around just, like, the environment there. You know, like, the weather. Yeah. People talk about how it's, like, all cool. The weather how, is not how do you deal with that? <laughs> yeah. I know, the weather, listen, I'm, with me, I feel like I've been quarantining since quarantining when it wasn't a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I stay <laughs> yeah. inside. I play my Call of Duty. I yep. play my Fortnite. You know, and I don't mind being here. It's quiet. You know, no distractions. When it comes to the weather, you just got to take it. I mean, come on now. A team pays you to be in 30-degree and lower weather. You might as well do it. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, like, it's not bad when you get in the game. Like, you, your adrenaline's running and, like, you're not really worried about it. And it's like, a lot of people don't think about it. They just think cold. There's nothing to do here. And it's, like, boring. So a lot of people don't like it. But, shit, I love it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I don't mind being here at all. 
Yeah, you know, I think that Buffalo as a football city, like you said, they're they're paying you to, to play in the cold. They're paying you to just play for that team, give it your yeah. all. I mean, you might as well do it anyway, right? <laughs> might, might as well. I mean, you ain't doing nothing else. It ain't like you got a second job to go to. But, I mean, and, and I'm pretty sure everybody that plays football loves the game somewhat. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's cold, hot, raining, sleet, it doesn't matter. You're going to play the game. You know what I'm saying? Because you love this game and you love the things that come with it. Yeah, man. I mean, like you said, you know, you play for the love of the game. I love that right there. And, uh, you know, kind of talking more about your time on the build, obviously this past season, you had a a 56-yard catch against the Tennessee Titans to set up a game-winning touchdown against the Titans. How how was how was that? Was that was that one of the crazy? You know, obviously right next to your uh, first touchdown in the league. Was that one of your you know craziest moments in the league so far? Um, actually, it was Jet Sweep. You know what I'm saying? So he tossed it to me, and I ran around the corner. Mm-hmm. But um, it was very exciting. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, in the beginning of the game, like you know, things were going you know every which way and things mm-hmm. like that. And for me to come out there and do that and put us in the position to score. I was pretty happy. I wanted to score, but I kind of made the, the cut back, and I shouldn't have, but you know what I'm saying? But we scored, so I was like, you know what? Get it. It, it doesn't matter. As long as we win this game, I don't care what happens. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I, I did my part. When they gave me the opportunity, I took advantage of it, and um, we won the game. So, like, that was very exciting as well. So. Yeah, man, definitely, man. I mean, you know, you, you said it yourself, you know, as long as your team wins, that's all that matters at the end of the day. So I definitely agree with you there, man. Uh, you know, in your time in the NFL, obviously there's a lot of, uh, you know, at least to me as a fan, you know, I imagine going up against these defenders could could be uh, kind of terrifying at times, at least to the average people. Obviously, <laughs> NFL guys like yourself, they're, they're just normal people just like everyone else. But who would you say is, I guess, not not the scariest defender you play, but like the – the the hardest guy on defense that you've played so far. I I wouldn't really know how else to describe it. The hardest guy. I wouldn't say that I played against, but like I don't know, it's hard. But as you mean, like on defense. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the hardest guy I've been against because I feel like there's a there's a lot of guys in the league that you know do a lot of great things like. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of cornerbacks will do a lot of things. But I would say Kareem Jackson was kind of like a tough one. You know what I'm saying? From uh, Denver. He was in the Texans. He went to Denver to safety. He was he, – he's a tough He's a tough guy. He's a tough dude. You know what I'm saying? And when we played Denver last year, we had to block him. And he's a hard hitter. You know, he effort guy. He's going to chase the ball, things like that. So he was, he was a very tough guy to block. You know what I'm saying? And he – he loves to tackle, so I would say Kareem Jackson, but it's a lot of great guys in the league, though. Yeah, definitely. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have to overcome some tough defenses this year. Uh, obviously, with the Patriots, you know, uh, they're they're kind of that like looming presence as a defense. Uh, but I was just wondering, you know, there's been a lot of shakeup in the AFC East, like particularly. I was wondering, what's kind of the outlook for you guys? Like, what what is your goal for next year as a team for the Bills? Listen. <laughs> A lot of people ask that question, you know what I'm saying? Um, just take it one day at a time, one practice at a time, one Sunday at a time, and just build off those, you know? Like, we don't want to we don't want to get high, we don't want to get low, we want to stay right in the middle and just keep it there, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's what we do. That's what the Bills do in general, you know what I'm saying? We 
Coach McDermott, he's built this culture like, yo, let's let's keep a steady head. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's keep the let's keep, you know, things in the back of our mind that we want to do. And then what we have to do, keep it in the front. You know what I'm saying? And at the same time, keep but stay level headed. That keeps you level headed. Keep in back in the back of your mind, you like, you know, you want to do a lot of things. You want you want a lot of things to work for us. We want a lot of things to go well for us so we can make it to that that big game. But in front of our mind, we got to worry about what's in front of us. You know what I'm saying? The the day that's in front of us, the hour, the minute, the second. You know what I'm saying? The inches, the yards. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like yeah. for us, it's like taking a day at a time, a game at a time. And then we just build off that. Wherever we're at, we just build off it. We learn from our mistakes. But then we also learn from our wins as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, learning from your mistakes, staying tough, staying consistent, those are absolutely key. Especially if you get off to a hot start, you know, you're saying you don't want to go too high. You don't want to get too low. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you see some teams get caught up, you know, they go like 4-0, and 5-0 to start the season. They get caught up. They get really like high on their emotions, stuff like that. And then they go out and they get shocked by a couple other teams, you know, later in the season. So mm-hmm. definitely staying level-headed, that's a goal. Uh, but I was wondering, you know, with this coming season, it's going to be hard to stay tough, stay consistent with all the shakeup that's going on with the pandemic. So yeah. how have you been preparing? How has the team been preparing, excuse me, uh, for however this season's going to shape up? Um, we've been preparing, you know, pretty good. Like, I, I feel like, you know, we're taking precaution in everything we do. We, you know, we, we try to figure out ways to, you know, help our team in the best way we can, whether it's keeping a mask on, you know what I'm saying, testing and things like that, just trying to, be safe as possible. So if we do have a season, you know, you know, we we already on top of it. So, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I seen a quote from a player in the league. He said, whoever handles the pandemic the best is going to be, you know, in the best shape and the best is going to be ready to play. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's what we have to do. And that's what we're doing now. So all we got to do is keep doing what we're doing and, you know, pray for every each and every day that, you know, you know no, Nothing bad happens. No corona comes around and just keep our heads up and keep, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's just the practice, you know, go out there on Sunday if there's a season, go out there on Sunday and, you know, try to get a winner. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've really, you know, personally for me, Nate and I have talked about it for the upcoming season. I have you guys winning the division. I'll let you know that. I'm a big, <laughs> big believer in you guys this season. I will say that. And obviously, you know, some of those reasons because of the acquisitions you got this offseason, one of those guys being Stefan Diggs. Uh, How has yeah. it been being able to interact with uh, Stefan and, you know, kind of maybe uh, learn a few things from him and, uh, you know, kind of uh, being able to practice with uh, a great receiver like Stefan Diggs, man? He teaches us a lot. You know, you know, he came in, you know, he's he's not too far away from some of the guys in the room as in years in the league. But, I, well, I can't say that. Actually, he's a lot further than a lot of guys in the room. I'm saying, but I've been in there. This is my, going on my fourth year. I think this is his, I think he's going to sixth or seventh year. John Brown going on his seventh, eighth, seventh or eighth year. Cole Beasley, I think it's nine or ten for him. I'm not too sure. Andre Roberts, ten plus years. So it's like... Well, he, he came in when, he, like, he has a lot of – he got a lot in his game, though. You know, whether it's speed, hands, route running. He has a lot in his game. He can, he can teach us a lot. You know, he's been teaching me a lot. And um, so have the other players. You know, even the younger players, they've been teaching us. But Diggs come in. He's a great piece to our, you know, our puzzle. And um, he's going to do a lot of great things for us, though. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, Stephon Diggs, I used to I used to watch some of those uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the Vikings used to do a lot of like in locker room filming where they would kinda like Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it was Brian Robeson that kinda did a lot of that. And uh I was just wondering like how has Stephon Diggs been like as a locker room presence, like just as a guy oh. to like hang out with? And like he, he he's a cool guy, you know what I'm saying? If yeah. you ask anybody, it'd probably be like, Oh, Isaiah's the the guy, the wild one, you know what I'm saying? That's what they would say. <laughs> Whether it comes to like talking, talking, you know, talking smack or making jokes and things like that. I'm like, I, you know, I'm not, you know, boasting myself up, but you know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a cool, he's a cool, calm guy and things like that. He'll talk, he'll talk, he'll crack jokes as well. But, you know, he's not a bad person at all. Yeah, just keeping the focus, just for one more question on, uh, on like some other guys in the locker room, just their presence. Uh, how is it like being behind a leader like Josh Allen? Yeah, Josh, my guy. Uh, Josh is awesome. You know what I'm saying, great human being, great player. You know what I'm saying he's, I mean, locker room guy. He's a great locker room guy. You know what I'm saying? Crack jokes. You know, he laughs. You know what I'm saying it's in that locker room. You won't find it's, it's it's there's just a bunch of guys from a different area codes, different backgrounds, and they. And we all kind of like mesh together. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not, there's not, there's not one guy in that locker room that just, that's not for the locker room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like everybody fits in and everybody fits in. Even if they don't fit in, eventually they'll, we'll mold them into fitting in because that's just what we do in the locker room. We, we want everybody to be one. You know what I'm saying? Everybody to be themselves, but at the same time, you know, not be a cancer or a bad apple. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's cool. Absolutely, yeah. And you already talked about a little bit about your own uh, you know, locker room presence, just how you yeah. are as a person. And, I mean, we've definitely seen this throughout the interview. And you've talked about a lot of really good uh, qualities in terms of, like, off-the-field stuff, like just preparing for the next game, always keeping your head in the right place, staying focused, staying improving, uh, stuff like that. So I was wondering, like, how has being an athlete, how has being a pro athlete specifically really helped you off the field? Like, what kind of qualities have you learned? What kind of, uh, like, life lessons have you learned from being an athlete? Um, life lessons I've learned to be an athlete. I was thinking about this the other day. I, I, great question. I was thinking about this the other day. And I feel like I want to say – Really tough times in the in the league really helps you off the field. You know what I'm saying? I, like I go back, like I said, my rookie year wasn't the best year at all, and I take that, I put that on me 100. You know what I'm saying? When I got released from the Broncos, it was like a, it was, it was like a a wake up call. You know, it was like, dang, like I could really be out, or like I I I probably that was probably my only opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's how I looked at it. And I'm like, the next opportunity I get, I can't, I can't mess it up. And that's when I came to Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? And that's just like off the field. Off the field, I, I go into everything like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's my last opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to, like I, I just made, I just made my own restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Me and my, I have a partner in Mara. We just, I just made my own restaurant. Me and him, you know, going you know, half and half. But, I want, like, I want to be the best restaurant. You know what I'm saying? I want to be the best barbecue spot in Miami, Florida, because that's where yep. I'm from. Yep. And I want to be in, like, I don't want to, I don't want 
anything that happened negative, like something happened to me in Denver, you know what I'm saying? Where I got released. I don't want any, I don't want to feel like that ever again. You know what I'm saying? So I do everything in my power for where it's working out, getting the, the right staff for the barbecue, firing people, whatever I got to do to to get the best version of, of me and the people around me. You know what I'm saying? I will do it. You know what I'm saying? So now it's a different mindset. I'm going into year four on the field, off the field. I'm going into year 25. You know what I'm saying? And it's nothing like it. You never want to feel at your lowest, and I've I've been there a couple of times. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I don't want to keep feeling that way, and I want to keep losing opportunities because of me. You know what I'm saying? So before it's me, I let it be somebody else. Yeah, definitely some awesome stuff right there, man. And you know, you talked about uh, opening up a restaurant, so I think this is a good question to end off with. And I think the craziest question of uh, all the questions we've asked today is uh, Isaiah, what's your number one favorite food? Spaghetti. Yeah. Okay. There we okay. go. There we go. Sol- I, I solid. Know, I love spaghetti. Like I'm a big. I'm a big. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big spaghetti guy. My grandma used to make spaghetti. I wouldn't say a lot, but she made it often that I like. I fell in love with it. You know what I'm saying? And and I don't just eat anybody's spaghetti. I don't eat spaghetti at restaurants though. It has to be a home, like an at home meal. Like somebody made it because it's different. It's different when somebody makes it than when somebody makes it in the restaurant. It's it's just I just feel like it's different. Yeah, to call, to call on a famous Eminem line, you know, it's got to be mom spaghetti. Got to be mom oh, spaghetti. Of course. <laughs> of course, it got to be. Oh, Nate, you and you and your puns. But uh, with yeah. that, uh, unfortunately, we got to end off with Nate's terrible pun. But uh, with that, Isaiah, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for being able to hop on the show with us today and talk with us uh, this evening. You got anything else you want to say before we sign off? Uh, no, no, no. I appreciate you guys for having me. You know, it's been a great time. Hey, man, we appreciate you being able to hop on once again and talk with us. Uh, Nate, you got anything else you want to say before we sign off? Yeah, not much. Just uh, Isaiah, love your energy today. Uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, awesome answers today. Yeah, just everyone have a good yeah, man, that. definitely. You know, thank you so much once again, Isaiah, for being able to hop on. But uh, with that, I want to thank everyone for listening and continuing to support our show, and we'll see you guys next time.